Are you fed up with the gay dating scene? And are you exhausted trying to find a decent man through bars, clubs, and dating apps? Listen, I hear you. Dating in this day and age can be exhausting. But the truth is, your dream man is out there and he is waiting for you. My name is Frank Macri and I've mentored thousands of single gay men from around the world. So how do you attract lasting love no matter your age or appearance? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. Welcome to Gay Dating Secrets. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am just enjoying a beautiful sunny day here in Marin County, California, right across from the Golden Gate Bridge. I am feeling refreshed and just so, so alive after seeing Byron Katie speak yesterday, which I'm going to have a whole podcast about that in a bit. But I wanted to have a special guest on today's episode, someone that constantly inspires me and is just such a breath of wisdom. And uh, one of our one of our very first special guests as well, besides Brandon. Uh, so her name is Gail Long, and she is a licensed psychotherapist, uh, and she's based in Nevada City, California. And what's really cool about Gail is she's been able to counsel hundreds of individuals and couples on being able to resolve conflict in their relationships, in their marriages. Uh, she's also the author of the upcoming book, which is called The Year Without a Man. And I'm just very excited to have Gail here today to share a little bit of her wisdom on dating with us all. So welcome officially to the Gay Dating Secrets podcast. So happy to have you, Gail. Oh, Frank, thank you so much. I'm really, really honored to be here with you today. So let's let's just dive right right into it. You you have this this book that I know it's already written. And by the way, listeners, Gail and I go way back. We've known each other for years. And uh, she just has like such good nuggets of wisdom. And I was like, we just we should just do a podcast episode. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so this is totally impromptu. We're just going to riff on some really important key points. Um, now, when we think about year without a man, year without a man, it kind of goes against the idea of dating. But one of the things that you said right before we started recording was that in order to do your best dating, you first need to do your own personal work. So can you just talk about talk about that a little bit? Well, absolutely, Frank, because one of the most important um, characteristics, if you will, that you can bring to the table when you're dating is being your true, authentic, pure self, right? Your highest self, your best self. That's what most people find the most attractive quality, whether it's a heterosexual couple or or a gay couple, it's all about having that level of confidence. Confidence is, you know, it, research shows that confidence is one of the most attractive factors that you can bring to the table. So being authentic is really important. So the whole A Year Without a Man um, book, which I agree with you, kind of goes against <laughs> the whole gay dating thing. But in it, in order to, for me, in order to be in that place where I was my best self, I had to do that because before that year, I came across as extremely needy and obsessive and felt that, you know, it was someone else's responsibility to make me happy and that I just, I couldn't survive unless I was in 
a romantic relationship. And so I had to do the work it took to break free from that. And so now I'm in a position um, when I'm dating is just to be, it's just me. I am just me. It's like, I'm going to be fine whether this goes well or not, but usually they go pretty well. Yeah. And I love that so much. And I feel like this is a huge challenge that game and experience is wanting to be their authentic selves when they've when they've uh, been raised in environments where they're told that they need to not be their authentic selves in order to get by in society. So when it comes to being in a relationship, it's like, wait a second, who am I supposed to be right now? Uh, so I'm wondering, like, what, do you, what would you say if someone's like, well, how do I get there? How did you get there where you could actually uh, take off all the layers of what you weren't to get to the truth of who you are? Yeah, that's a good question. It Well, first of all, it, it doesn't happen overnight. You, the number one step for anything and for any change or any transformation is what? You have to be aware of what your defects are. You have to be aware of something before you are able to take a look at it, right? It's all about bringing the unconscious conscious. And then you need to have a willingness to change. And you know, seeking help, whether it's through therapy or going through workshops or getting coached, you know, um, it takes a lot of courage. I have so much respect for people and men in particular who seek out, um, professional help, whether it's through therapy or going to workshops or, or coaching, because it just, it takes a lot of courage to look at your painful stuff. And most people, we tend to avoid that, right? I've said this before too, that um, what's the number one cause of anxiety? Any guesses? Tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Avoidance Mm. is the number one cause of anxiety. So it's just, it's in our nature to avoid pain and seek pleasure. That's came from Freud, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah. I think that's really big. Um, you know, so if, if someone were to say like, well, I don't, I don't have any anxiety. I just, I don't, that's not a problem I have. Uh, like, what would you say to that? Because I know that there are a lot of, a lot of uh, gay men who sometimes they have these really big walls up because mm-hmm. they, they go, there's a shift that happens where after or when you live feeling like you're not good enough mm-hmm. for so long mm-hmm. the resp- the reaction to that mm-hmm. is i'm going to make it seem like i have all of mm-hmm. my crap together absolutely so can you talk about that a little bit oh sure you know basically i think what you're um alluding to is that coping mechanism if you will of perfectionism yes right but that still has this vibe of i can't reach you mm-hmm. Because you're putting out this vibe of I'm so perfect, you know, which is inauthentic, right? I mean, first of all, nobody's perfect, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, it comes back to being your true, authentic self. Um, and particularly in a dating um, scenario. So one of the things I wanted to mention is that there's, you know, oft- sometimes <laughs> dating online and, and finding, trying to find someone that way, sometimes it doesn't work. And the reason is, you know, you, you have to create a profile, 
Well, what is that? That's not, that's not really your true authentic self, right? You're not pouring your heart out as, and it would be inappropriate to do so, by the way, you don't want to be saying, you know, this is all my shit. And these are all my childhood traumas and wounds. You're not going to do that on a profile, but in a lot of dating sites, like I know match.com does that. You have to also say, what is it that you're looking for in another person? So then what happens when you're sitting across your date, you know, whether it's coffee or glass of wine or whatever, it's as if you have this piece of paper between you and the other person. So you're just, you're so focused on, well, I've decided that I want somebody that looks like this and, and is this tall and makes this much money and lives in this particular area. You know, you're so focused on that piece of paper that's in between you, metaphorically speaking, that you, it's impossible to truly connect with the real spiritual human being that's sitting across from you and that's why you know one of the keys um how to be how to act honestly on a date is to throw away in your mind all of your expectations and just truly be there be in the present moment right then even if the instant you meet the guy, it's like, oh my God, I, I just can tell right away he's not for me. Still enjoy the coffee, enjoy the wine, enjoy the meal. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? You get a free meal out of the deal, right? <laughs> Unless you're going Dutch. But, you know, you get to spend some time with another human being. And, you know, the way that we actually connect with other people is one of the ways, the, one of the main ways is through eye contact. And what a lot of people don't realize is it's literally, it's through the left eye. I don't know if you knew that. It's like when you look in the left eye of the other, you're connecting more towards the spirit of the other, right? And so ultimately, true heart-to-heart -heart connections come through spirit. They don't come because, oh, we're both super interested in bowling. I mean, that's nice. But really to really connect with somebody on a deeper level, which is, I think, what so many of us are truly, honestly seeking, right? We all want somebody that's going to be emotionally present for us, right? That's not just a girl thing. That's an across-the-board thing, yeah. right? I love that you mentioned uh, looking, having that eye-to-eye -eye contact. That's one of the, that's actually one of the five elements of connection that we uh that's in the dating guide but it's good to know that especially the the way looking into that left eye it actually right. does unlock more within that person right within the other person so that way you feel that connection that's true and i also wanted to add that it's when you're going on the dates it's it's getting clear you know th there's a concept that says you know it's your expectations that end up breaking your heart. Mm. It's not that other person. It's the expectation. You know, so if ha and the first step to anything, like I said, or maybe I didn't say it out loud already, but <laughs> is, is you need to have a certain level of awareness. So you have to be aware, right, of what, you have to be aware of what your expectations are. And generally speaking, there's this saying that goes back to 12-step programs that says, you know, expectations are what? They're disappointments waiting to happen. Mm, that's powerful. So if you just go into it with the expectation of, I'm just going to be my best self and I'm going to enjoy this next, you know, hour, hour and a half, two hours, however it leads to with this person sitting across from me. And it's my expectation that I'm just going to just be there with them. 
and enjoy the moment, right? Like we learned at Byron Katie yesterday, it's all about being in the present moment because in reality, the past no longer exists. The future hasn't happened yet, right? But yet we get so caught up in all of that. Like you might be staring at the guy across you and thinking, this is the man I want to marry and spend the rest of my life with and adopt children with or whatever you're into, you know, it's just like, really, <laughs> you're, you're totally future tripping all over the poor guy that you just met. Right. And that can feel really, people are going to feel that stuff, right. On some energetic level. And, you know, like attracts like, and that comes from like vibrationally speaking. And this is like, you're a spiritual guy. You, you get this. And hopefully your listeners understand that we, are made of energy. Like we literally vibe at certain frequencies and different ones throughout the day and throughout our lives. And we're going to be more closely matched to another person that is vibing at our level. And that's why going back to the whole year without a man thing, I was not, I was vibing at such a lower frequency when I was in that super needy dependent space. I need someone else, a man to take care of me. And after going through years of therapy, more than just a year, and and coaching, and you know, I'm a workshop ho, doing all the stuff and reading all the books, you know, I was able to and really go deep into myself and surrender into that black hole and find mm. the light on the other side, which is a whole other story. Mm. Um, no, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> you were just dropping some. I was just riffing on something. Some, some oh, the frequency thing. Yes. The frequency thing. And so that's why it's so important to do the work. So, you know, why not, why not get yourself in a space where you're vibing at a higher frequency, where your life just flows and you feel light? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. This is probably one of my favorite things that you talk about. And it's the concept of light versus heavy. Now, Gail introduced this to me, listeners, uh, years ago. And ever since then, I've used this approach whenever it's been challenging for me uh, back when I was single and I was trying to figure out what to do in dates. And I now teach it to clients as well. So it's absolutely brilliant. So would you mind sharing with us uh, just about what it means, uh, this whole light versus heavy concept? Sure, absolutely. So... You know, um, when you're trying to make a decision about anything, um, sometimes things just feel really heavy, right? And sometimes it's like, oh yeah, no, that feels light. Like I'm excited, you know? And there's a difference too, by the way, between excited, um, anxious energy versus heavy anxious energy there's like when you first said hey Gail let's do this podcast I was like I don't know but at the same time it felt I was excited it felt light it's like yes I want to do that we'll have fun Mm -hmm. and so um but it's that concept of light versus heavy and it's about following what feels light because here's the thing is that what we know for sure is that things that feel heavy they're heavy because they're not true Mm. meaning they're not in alignment with (laughs) your true self um they're not in alignment with your true nature they go against your pure essential essence i don't know if i need to expand on that Mm -hmm. but if something feels heavy it's because you're going against your true authentic self Mm. versus if something feels light 
And so it could literally be something as simple as, do I want to have this glass of wine or do, does my body want to have this glass of wine or would I prefer to have a glass of water right now? Or do I want to go to Starbucks or do I want to go to Pete's Coffee? And you just kind of ask yourself the question and you follow what feels more light. Because they might both feel light, but you follow what feels the lightest. So you can apply that towards dating and relationships as well. Yeah, so I want to to maybe have a way to discern this for Mm -hmm. listeners. Because you're not saying that doing what feels light is doing what's always the... You don't want to do the light things as a rationalization for avoiding the things that put you out of your comfort zone. Like when you thought about this Mm -hmm. podcast, it felt like kind of a little bit scary, but also at the same time, it felt light. Yeah. Just like when you, in dating, when someone might see someone that they're attracted to, it could feel really scary to go say hello to them or to start Mm -hmm. a conversation. But uh, so can you help expand on just how do you know what feels light and not uh, get trapped into just hiding and avoiding at the same time? Well, it's, it is an individual thing and you have to be connected with yourself enough and tuned into yourself enough that you're actually able to make that discernment yourself. And so that's, again, um, you know, doing the work it takes to get to that place where you are connected with yourself because until you're connected with yourself, you cannot connect with other people. So if you're out there in the world on a scale from one to 10 and you're vibing at a three, even if somebody that was vibing in an eight um, came on to you or approached you, it's going to feel so uncomfortable to you that you're going to, you know, sabotage that because you're only vibing in a three. And so you're going to end up with someone else that also vibes at a three in that, uh, in that space and time. You know, you maybe you're vibing at a three that day. It doesn't mean that you're constantly vibing at a three, mm. right? Does that make sense? It does, yeah. I actually wrote it down and <laughs> <in> exclamation points. <laughs> I wrote, if you are, because it's so powerful. Yeah. If you are not connected to yourself, you cannot connect with other people. Right. And it's, uh, it's, it's very common for a lot of single gay men to uh, just add up all the men that they're talking to. Like, I'm going to just talk to more men and then I'm going to eventually find the one or the person I want to be with when actually if they haven't connected with themselves first, that could cause more harm than good. That could lead to more drama. That could lead to more distress and, and, uh, and fear and all these other things. So it's so important. I just want to echo it to connect to yourself so that way you can connect to others in a deeper way. Right. Because if you're just out there dating one man after another, after another, after another, then that tells me that you are looking outside to fulfill some perceived um, void, if you will, within you. In mm-hmm. other words, I'm look, that would be as somebody that's looking um, for someone else to, quote unquote, make them happy. And that doesn't work. That's called addiction, by the way. Anytime we're looking outside to get some, you know, outside mm-hmm. versus inside, you know, it's like we used to, we were taught as children, go outside and play, <laughs> which is true. Being in nature and all that fun stuff is great. But really it's 
I encourage people, go inside and play. Mm. Go inside yourself and play. Spend some time. I know this freaks a lot of people out, but really all the answers to everything you need to know already exist inside of you. Mm. You know, the best way to get there really is through uh, meditation and learning how to deep breathe and getting the help that you need to get in that space. So again, and that takes a lot of courage because people don't want to face their painful shit. <laughs> you know, they just don't. They want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, a lot of, there's definitely gay men out there that they feel like, well, I it's so hard to find men. I need to just go to bars and clubs. Mm. I need to be there to find men. So how... Am I supposed to just not go and meditate? How am I going to find someone if I'm sitting at home meditating and breathing? So what would you say to that? I'd say that if you, um, generally speaking, if you're not someone that's naturally drawn towards the bar scene, then you're not going to find someone that's a natural good fit for you in the bar scene, right? Um, it's just, it's not the place. And I'm not saying don't go out there, but I'm saying do the work that it takes to get connected with yourself and get really, really clear Mm -hmm. on who you are, what you prefer, what you really, really want, not what society says you should want or you should have, but what do you really, really want in another person, right? Um, Scott Peck, who wrote Dr. Scott Peck, who wrote The Road Less Traveled. Love that book. Yeah, so remember this. He defines love as promoting the spiritual growth of another. Mm. Promoting the spiritual growth of another. Mm. And so... It's beautiful. Yeah, that's what it's all about. If, for, for a true, 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 deep, authentic connection. Which is hard to do in a noisy, crowded club. It's really, really hard to do in a noisy, crowded club. Like, I'm, and, here, I'm here to promote yeah. the spiritual uh, growth of all the people around me as they're taking shots. Right. <laughs> Better living through chemistry, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so you were going to add something as well. Um, just that as I'm talking, I'm realizing, wait, I'm talking to an audience of, of gay men that are interested in dating. So a lot of what I'm saying has to do with, um, you know, when you're actually in a relationship already maybe, or, but still in order to get to that, why do people date? I mean, they date, right? Because aren't they date? Because they're looking for someone to, well, are they dating because they're looking for a partner? Why are people dating? That's a great question just to think about is why are you dating? Is it to, is it to meet someone to fill a void? Is it because you think you should be in a relationship? Yeah. Can you talk about... And are you really ready to be in one? I mean, it feels, just to go back to the light and heavy concept, I need to date because I need to find someone before I grow old and die. That sounds (laughs) and feels pretty heavy. Yeah. And yet that's the story that a lot of gay men have. Or I need to date, I need to find someone as soon as possible uh, because there aren't a lot of options. The options are running out. Yeah, so that's fear-based. Now you're living from a fear-based place, and that feels heavy. Very heavy. Uh, And of course, when gay men have those heavy thoughts, of course, they're going to rush to wherever they could find someone in the quickest, most convenient way, such as a bar, such as a club, such as a hookup app. It's like, I'm just going to grab whatever I can get. 
because I need something versus having nothing. So can you talk about what what would this what what is a more light reason to date? What's a lighter why to date versus the heavy ones we just spoke about? I would think that it's that you know in your heart that you are capable of meeting your own needs and that you are already, you are perfect, whole, and complete, right? All on your own. And so you're out there looking for someone else that's also done the work, that's vibing at a higher frequency, if you will, Mm. that is also, their life is good. And they're just looking for someone else to, to add to their life and just like and your life is good and you're just looking for someone else to add add to it but if you come into the relationship with this vibe of i can't survive without you it's just that's a heavy needy vibe and it's not attractive versus coming into it with this i know i'm an amazing person i don't mean that in a in an um egotistical way it's just like no i'm i'm really good and i'm just i'm just good and I'm good, and boy, you seem amazing, and I would like to spend more time with you. I want to know more. But you can't do that if you're so focused on what you've already previously determined you know, you want in a dating profile, and it's like that piece of paper is up between you and the guy sitting across from you. Again, it's like, put all that aside. You're, approach it now that you're, you know, you're, you're more evolved, you're authentic, and you show up, and you feel good. You're, you're smiling, you're making eye contact, you're showing interest in the other person, mm-hmm. right? I'm trying to remember, I think it was, um, I think I heard recently that the more you want something, the more you cling to your expectations and your attachment to what you want, the more you actually push it away and resist That's right, it. and you know why that is? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> it's because wanting and having... Mm cannot exist in the same space. Are you all hearing how amazing this is right now? (laughs) Okay, so expand on that. So wanting and having cannot exist in the same space. The Mm -hmm. sheer definition of wanting Mm. implies a lack of, Mm. right? Yeah. So what do you do about that? Well... Imagine that you actually had that relationship or, you know, that you truly do want. Um, Just imagine that you had it. Okay. Okay. And you kind of just literally imagine it. You put yourself in that space and just feel it and imagine it and visualize it. Okay. Well, what would you be doing differently how would you be feeling what would you how would you be acting if you actually had that i'm just gonna say love Mm -hmm. because ultimately let's be real here Mm -hmm. that's what we all are seeking it's a human need we just we want to be our great one of our greatest needs as humans is to be i'm going off on tangent now Mm -hmm. is to be um heard and understood Mm -hmm. to be seen Yet so so much we're 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 scared we're terrified to be seen mm. underneath it. It's mm-hmm. our, one of our greatest needs is to be seen. Yet we're terrified to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that for the gay men population, that's a really um, I don't like the word serious, but it's an issue. Mm-hmm. Just because 
at least in America, in this, in this space and time, mm-hmm. um, for so many men, um, they had to hide that. They weren't allowed to show it. There's, there's all this, you know, shame that can come along with it and all that. And so we're taught to put on masks. We're taught to hide, mm-hmm. right? And we're taught to just put on masks, like you mentioned earlier, like, oh, I'm, I'm, Put on the mask of perfection, you know, well, the, everything's perfect. I'm yep. perfectly groomed and my outfit is just yeah. so, isn't it? And happy, you know, happy, joy, happy, joy, happy, joy, joy, all as well. But that is actually a mask. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's blocking you from being able to really have a heart to heart connection. Right. Cause I imagine that your listeners are men that are, it, you know, on that path, yes. they're, they're, they are wanting to evolve. They are wanting to be more connected with themselves and with others, yes. right? They're wanting ultimately to have that heart to heart connection. They're not, they're not guys that just want to find other men in bars and, and hook up and, you know, feel good for 20 minutes and then feel like shit, mm-hmm. right? Because and it's also interesting too, because when you think about this idea, like you said, being seen, it's one of the greatest needs we all have. It is. Uh, when you're on an app, you're not being seen. You're not seen. It's That's just, true. It's That's just, so it's, true. it's just, you know, these edited or filtered, oh, yeah. the perfect That's pictures of you. you. Yeah. When, when you're in a bar, it's the dim lights. You're not even seen. You don't see fully what's in front of you. Yeah. Not to mention if you're in a bar and there's actually alcohol involved and people are drinking because then you're truly, you cannot be intoxicated on drugs or alcohol and be present. It's I love just, that. It's just not possible. Your consciousness is so clouded. It's so clouded. Yeah, you don't have access to it. Yeah, yeah. So how, I guess the, I'm imagining, okay, what are the listeners one, wondering right now? It's, so how do you allow yourself to be seen? How do you allow that to happen? When do you know it's okay to be seen? Um, can you just talk about about the courage, mustering up, gathering that courage to do so, um, so that way, so that way, uh, you don't live in that fear. You don't live being invisible. You don't live where you're dimming your light or hiding. How do you be seen? Well, you might not be comfortable with the answer, <laughs> because for most people, it takes some work. It takes a willingness to actually. Again, all your answers are inside. Go inside and play <laughs> or go inside and work, right? And so you have to be willing to seriously go to those places in your being, in your heart that are in pain. And you have to be able to feel that pain and allow it and not cover it up with drugs and alcohol and sex and chocolate or food or porn or TV or sports or, you know, the list of addictions these days goes on and on and on video games. Um, you have to have a willingness to feel that pain because the only way through, and the only way to get truly enlightened and highly evolved is you have to go through what's called the dark hole. Mm. First, if you visualize a funnel, so the, or an hourglass, I mean, mm-hmm. so on the top of the hourglass is like a triangle that's upside down. Mm-hmm. And at the very top, it's like, is your, this is the identity. This is who you allow the world to see, but the closer you, but this is what's underneath that. And then, um, what's underneath that is, well, maybe my closest friends know how I really feel. 
you know, but then what's underneath that and you keep going down to the middle of the hourglass is what's called the dark hole. And that's when we're most frightened and we're most just terrified. You know, when people jump off a plane, which I did and it changed my life, um, it, this is kind of silly. People are most afraid the moment before they fall backwards out of the plane mm-hmm. when they're actually safe on the plane in that moment. Right? We're safe. We're on the plane, but we're petrified to the point that we're vomiting and turning white and can't hardly with the cotton mouth, you know, just that was my case anyway. <laughs> it's so scary. But once you actually take that leap out you're floating in free space and the only sound is the sound of the wind that's rushing, you know, past your ears or up your nose, which can be painful and you have to tilt your head. So but that's the whole thing. <laughs> but you know, and next thing you know, you're floating and you and you and you know, you pull to the right and you and you go soar to the right and you pull to the left and you soar. And it's just this beautiful space. So my point in that is after you go through the center, the dark hole of that hourglass on the other side is the lightness and the Mm. other side is freedom Mm. but you have to get yourself in a position of pure surrendering to that Mm. right so i know it sounds like i'm kind of promoting therapy or whatever and i guess i kind of am because it's really really hard to do this all by yourself and get into yeah. that black hole all by yourself. It's really helpful. Even if you, if you have a friend that knows what they're doing, well, yeah, they can everyone, help guide you through it. Too. Everyone has, even the most self-aware people, even the people that have done, because I know there's, we have mindful listeners that are like, yeah, I've read the self-help books or I've listened, mm-hmm. I've listened to the, whatever, the videos, mm-hmm. uh, or I've been to a workshop. Cindy Brock Chopra. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like the work never ends. It's, it's mm-hmm. being willing to consistently nurture your soul, your spirit, your mind. It's like watering a plant. You know, the metaphor I give is you wouldn't, it would be crazy if we had a plant and we watered it once and thought, all right, that plant should be set for its, <laughs> for its life. That's you know, a great analogy. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, it's good. But yet we do that. So many people, especially gay men, do that uh, because they, uh, they, they don't think that they need to do the work or they don't see the value in it or they think I've done it once, I'm all set, and they just go back to, well, why haven't I found what I want? I've, I've read the book on relationships. Right. And what you're saying is being willing to stay in that place of surrender and openness and growth, uh, consistently saying yes to yourself and, and finding the resources you need, whether it be a therapist or a coach, to shine light on those blind spots that even the most self-aware people have. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. I know like you're, you are a, a psychotherapist and you've had therapists of your, of your own. Oh, absolutely. I'm always, I'm always, I mean, I was just on a call, call this morning, you know? <laughs> right. I, 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 I do coaching and I have multiple coaches I work with. Right. I mean, it started out where it was, okay, I'm, I'm going to hire a coach. And now it's like, if it's weird if I don't have at least two coaches that I'm, or, or three coaches <laughs> yeah. that I'm in touch with for different areas of my life. Yeah. So it is, it's not a question, it's not a matter of if you need support. It's a matter of when are you willing to allow yourself the support you right. need. You have to, and that's the thing. You have to be willing to be willing. Mm. That's what they say. But before you're willing to be willing, you have to have an awareness, you know? And, and so it's like the first, it's like in all the 12-step program, right? 
no one is going to recover if they remain in the denial phase. Mm. So, yeah. Um, think maybe to, to wrap off or to wrap up here, uh, there is, there's something that you had mentioned earlier and it's, it's this idea that when it comes to, when it comes to attraction, you said that people are more attracted to people who can communicate clearly mm-hmm. who they are and also know what they want. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. Um, well, I mentioned that uh, the number one quality that most people look for in a potential partner is confidence. And, but it's a true authentic confidence. Well, let me jump in right there. Yeah. So a lot of, there's a lot of uh, gay men that think, well, isn't your physical appearance the number one thing? You know, like, can you really attract someone with confidence? Uh is our our men really just driven by physical appearance and uh, we've done episodes on attraction if you haven't listened already listen to the attraction 101 episode but i'm wondering what your thought is around um, a pushback where people might say physical appearance matters more than anything else like you need to be fit and muscular and have this perfect physique in order to find someone well i think honestly you know that i mean like you, you see two men and one is this totally buff, hot looking guy in a great outfit that's got all the muscles and everything. And the other one is just a super chill, decent looking guy that's just, his heart is just glowing. Which one are you going to be more drawn towards? Uh, without a brainer, the one with the heart open. Yeah. But what, what would, and, and I think a lot of men would, I don't know, it could be a tricky thing yeah, for some. Yeah, but the guy, the, um... A guy that's totally, you know, the open-hearted, warm, genuinely happy guy that has that sense of confidence is going to also take care of himself. He, he's not going to be, you know, smoking meth and, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, abusing himself on that level because he would just naturally have that confidence where, you know, looking great and being in good shape. I mean, that's awesome. Right. But that doesn't mean that doesn't make you confident. Confidence comes from within confidence is an attitude. And now that I mentioned the word attitude, I have to say the thing I always say, please do. (laughs) (laughs) There's only two things in the whole wide world that you have any control over. It's your attitude and your behavior. Mm your attitude and your behavior, that's it. You have zero control over anything else. And that being said, you have no control over anybody else's attitude or anybody else's behavior. Mm-hmm. That you can do things that will increase the probability of a certain you know, reaction or response in another person. But fundamentally speaking, you, can, you don't have any control over anybody else's attitude or behavior. And by attitude, I don't just mean good attitude, bad attitude, positive attitude, negative attitude. By attitude, I mean what you make things mean and how you, which is, you know, how you perceive the world. It's what you make things mean. And so, yeah. yeah. And so when it comes to clear communication... It's having an aware, you have to be aware, you have to be your own observer. So you are so aware and tuned into your brain, your mind, that you are aware in every instance what you're making something mean. 
And if you really want to communicate clearly with the person sitting across from you, then you would say something like, um, I noticed that's the third rum and Coke you just ordered. And I'm making that mean that you might have a drinking problem. You know, I'm wondering if you would be willing to share with me a little bit about your relationship with alcohol, <laughs> you know, cause one of my deal breakers and the person I'm looking for is they can't have any major issues with drugs or alcohol. Mm. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. Everything I just said about that attitude. Yeah. And well, it's like you're in communicating. Yeah. It's what's your business is your attitude and your behavior. Everything else is mm-hmm. none of your business. What someone right. thinks about you, what someone does, even though it might feel personal, it's not something you have to take on personally because it's none of your business. It's What's, never about you. It's never about it's, you. It's, you know, one of the four agreements, which is required reading, by the way, for anybody that works with me. It's um, one of the four agreements is don't take anything personally. Mm-hmm. And that'll, that practice alone would just lift up so much weight and so much pressure of just realizing, oh, this person said something about me but I don't have to take that personally. So if No, because it's not about you. It's about their own projection, uh, you know, what they made it mean. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on their based on their perspective, their values, their, their history, needs. their past situations, their needs, their values, their core beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and for those listening, this is something that can be very, very freeing to really embody because no matter what you look like, no matter your age, your, your physical appearance, uh, no matter your education level, no matter anything about you, it ultimately comes down to your attitude and your behavior that will determine the experience and the results you get in the dating process. Absolutely. All right. So obviously we can go on and on and I would absolutely love to have you on future episodes. Oh, this was so much fun. I seriously, I'm excited now. I'm like, (laughs) I want to do more and more. I seriously felt like I could have talked all day. Well, it is so good to have you and you are just such an incredible source of fun and wisdom, but also clarity that I think a lot of people need especially in the gay community mm, um, thanks frank thank you mm-hmm. just really i'm i know i'm gonna be listening to this podcast over and over and over <laughs> i've already taken notes as we were going through uh so for before we have one final question for you but before we do that i am in case in case there are some listeners that would like to get in touch with you uh how could they best find you um you know probably the best way would be just to email me and it's simple. My name is Gail Long, and Gail is spelled G-A-Y-L-E. And so my email is gail at gaillong.com. Simple enough. And I know that you have, uh, you, you mentioned earlier before our, our podcast that there's some required reading that you're like, I really want to share some just required reading for the, the listeners. So what, what books would you recommend? Oh, well, absolutely. Well, be, the, um, first of all, people out there must read your dating guide for mature gay men. If you haven't picked it up already, I would absolutely encourage you to do so. It's really powerful. And Frank wrote it in a way that really, it just gets right down to the points. It's just, it's, it's an easy read and it's very powerful and helpful. The other thing that's required reading for anybody that works for me is the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. 
And one of the four agreements, as I mentioned earlier, is don't take anything personally. And he really goes into depth in that book. Plus, it's a really pretty cover. It's nice to have laying around. And it's one of those tight kind of books that you will have forever and reread and reread and reread. Um, okay, so let's just end with, if you were to say to the listener who has tried so hard to find love, they've been dating and maybe they're experiencing lots of rejection and they're at the point where they want to just give up altogether. What would be just one message you'd have for that listener? Well, if they're to that point that they're thinking of giving up, obvious, the obvious answer is, well, never give up because that would be giving up on yourself. And if you're at that point where you feel like you're giving up, then that tells me that maybe that your heart is hurting right now. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing because that means you're on the, on the brink of your heart being broken open. And we want that because again, it's through the pain on the other side of the pain is where you can actually get to surrender and feel the light where you're more in touch with your true authentic self. So never give up and always follow what feels light. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love it. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, this really special episode today. And uh, remember, he's on his way. If you liked this podcast and you want to take your growth and transformation to the next level, I want to share with you my brand new podcast called Life Coaching Secrets. It's where you will learn the exact tools I use to become confident, attract quality men, and even create a successful business. Head over to the Life Coaching Secrets podcast to get started. I'll see you there.